Hey, Taco the Towners, just a quick note before we start the show. Taco the Town is now on Instagram. You can follow us at Taco the Town KC on Instagram. We've got fun taco photos, pictures from the recording of the show, and just fun taco updates. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Taco the Town KC. We've got a great show for you this week. We were able to get some studio time with the band who wrote the Taco the Town theme song and the music you hear on Taco the Town, the band Sun Eaters. We were joined by Scott Hartley, Chris Garibaldi, Chris Cardwell, and their engineer, Matt Allen. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to the show. Taco the Town, the podcast where it's always Taco Tuesday. I'm your host, Dave, and I've never met a taco I didn't like. We've got a special episode coming your way today. We're going to visit with the Kansas City prog rock hip hop jam band, The Sun Eaters, as they record their new album, Right in the Belly of the Beast. That's right, The Sun Eaters, the band that wrote the classic Taco the Town theme song that is sweeping the nation. We're going to eat some tacos and talk some tunes on this episode of Taco the Town. I guess you could say I'm the Kurt Loader of taco reviewers. Like I said before, I've never met a taco I didn't like. Actually, there is one taco place that I did have a bad taco experience at, and that place will go unmentioned until my handlers say that it's the right time to talk about it. Today, we'll be reviewing another great Kansas City taco destination. We'll be joined by special guests who will share their favorite taco places with us, and we'll share some stories, share some laughs, and most importantly, share some tacos. Welcome to Taco the Town. Taco the Town. Let's find out what taco place we'll be reviewing this week. This week's taco destination is Tequila Harry's, located at 11817 College Boulevard in Overland Park, Kansas. Tequila Harry's Mexican restaurant has proudly served Overland Park and surrounding areas for 30 years. Opening in 1987, right across the street from Johnson County Community College, Tequila Harry's asks you to join them for daily food and drink specials, and they're proud to satisfy their customers with what they say is the best Mexican food in Kansas City. They take great pride in providing great service, great food, and unbeatable margaritas. Tequila Harry's was one of the first businesses on the corner of College and Quivira back in the day when the only thing on that corner was an old cheese factory. They've seen the- was it an- did they make old cheese there or was it an old factory that made cheese? (laughs) 
that was not clear in the tome I found of Tequila Harry's history in my old school teacher's basement that I blew the dust off of. So it what was are you not- doing in your old school teacher's basement? Look, let's, let's, okay. Let's meet this week's guests. They are the sun eaters. I mean, sun eaters. No the, right? No the. No duh. They are sun eaters. A prog rock hip hop jam band formed in Kansas City in 2008. They are celebrating 10 years of rock and roll. Thanks for joining us, guys. Hey, yeah. yeah Thanks for having thing. us. Thanks we're, for we're joined by Chris Garibaldi. Hello. What instrument do you play, Chris? I play guitar and I sing. We are joined by Scott Hartley. I play bass and I sing. You've both been on the podcast before as guests. Yes. I think I was wearing the same shirt. Definitely, yeah. People can tell, yeah. right? I can still see the top the, of grease on it. By, the, by my voice, they can tell I was wearing the same shirt last time. We're also joined by Chris Cardwell. I'm the drummer for Sun Eaters. And you sing as well. And it's some vocals here. And we are also joined by the Sun Eaters engineer and also Taco the Town Sound engineer, Matt Allen. And you also serve as the band's therapist. Is that right? Yeah, my hands are bloody with everything that happens in the studio. Thanks for joining us. And I'm, you've heard every episode of Taco the Town because you've had to edit almost every episode of Taco the Town. Intimately, yeah. I've heard everything that's been cut out of every episode. So you know a lot of dark taco secrets that we have cut out of episodes. Yeah, there's been a lot of things that haven't been approved for broadcast that we've had to edit out. Are they in your school teacher's basement too? Look, let's not talk about that anymore. I don't know why I brought that up. I thought this was a safe place. It's safe. Except for that. Matt, what would you say is is a common theme that you've noticed about Taco the Town and all of your listening of the past 21 episodes? Uh, I think most guests do a great job of describing the tacos that they're eating. And what I've heard from reviewers and listeners of the podcast is when they're listening to the podcast, they have to go out and eat tacos after they listen to the podcast. As listening to the podcast, they're just listening and they don't know what's happening, but surely something subconscious is happening. They have to go out and eat tacos after they listen to the podcast. It's almost like they, they see a uh, taco forming in their mind and then they have to make it a reality. In the listener's mind, they, they, they form the taco and they go out and search for the taco after they listen to the podcast. People take their own taco quests, uh, walkabout, I guess is what it's called in Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Nebraska. (laughs) Nebraska. Is it taco fever? Is that what they get? Dr. Taco fever. (laughs) (laughs) Is that kind of like Pac-Man fever? Dr. Johnny Taco fever. I think that's what people get. It's like Pac-Man fever. I think Mm -hmm. it's similar to like meat sweats. Yeah, yeah, you have taco sweats. When you're listening to the podcast, you get the taco sweats. You have no tacos in front of you. After listening to the podcast, you have to go out and get tacos to satisfy the taco sweats that you have. (laughs) Yeah, we had a guest on a couple episodes ago, and he was against sweating while eating tacos. And I'm all for sweating while eating tacos. How do you guys feel? Well, personally, um, my favorite tacos already have sort of an essence of the sweat of the uh, cooks who who prepare the them. labor. You can kind of feel the 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 effort, uh, taste it, and smell it. So I prefer not to sully that with my own sweat and my own essences. I like to get it the the real the real essence from the taco itself. You're anti-sweat, is what you're saying? No, isn't grease sweat? 
No. It's, well, oh, essentially, it's not. yes. Grease is fat. Well, oh. but it <laughs> is, I got that wrong. is human sweat. I want to taste the, the effort. That's what I want to I want to taste the effort that went into my taco. Exactly is there right. Fat and human sweat? Is what yeah. is what is sweat really? All right. <laughs> Chris, you <I'm> know. <laughs> I I prefer that somebody my tacos are made with dirty hands. I don't want sweat. anybody to wash their hands. Sweat is the cologne of successful people. I really. like that. I like that. I'll agree with that. Now, Chris Cardwell and what Matt. Is, how many points does Chris get for that? <laughs> yeah, second. Wait, Matt That's, said it was that was the right answer. So how many points does Chris get for that answer? I think the three. Or, or is it I, I'd say three. a solid five. I know, I, wait, I know a lot of losers who sweat a lot. <laughs> yeah, but they're <laughs> not making anything. I've been accused of that myself. Yeah, but they're not making anything for the general public to enjoy. Well, is that the prerequisite for being successful and sweating? I mean, if a hardworking person, you're sweating if you're making tacos, that's fine. But what if you were like just not successful? You're sweating all the time and you make yourself tacos. I don't know. All right, fuck that's it. That's a Move dichotomy on. that we'll have to delve in later. Well, Chris knows. What, what is it? What, what do you mean? You, you, Chris, you've worked in the restaurant industry. Have, you, have some of the best cooks you've known sweated a lot? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean if, if the, A, my father was a chef. I spent 20 years in, in the restaurant industry personally. And uh, my father always said, first of all, never trust a skinny chef. Mm. And if you've ever seen an overweight person in a 120 degree kitchen, if they're not sweating, they're probably about to die. Oh. Sweater. Your dad's a sweater. He, yes, most certainly. Your yeah. dad is a like a sweater, like a, like a, you knit, buy it a, a knit sweater. It's really sad. I go over to his house. I went over to Chris's house once. There was a sweater laying on the couch, and he was like, "Hit me, my dad." Thanks, Dad. Thanks for that advice. I'll make sure. <laughs> I was just like, "That's weird." Up. That is right. weird. Now, Chris and Matt, you haven't been on the show before. Can you uh, tell our audience what your personal taco history is, Matt? You've said some controversial things to me about tacos that I'm, I don't know if I should repeat them because I think I would make <laughs> enemies of myself. Hey. That's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> Do that. I want to see what that looks like. <laughs> Do it. Growing up, I think we did have tacos in my house occasionally, but Mexican food and tacos were not really a staple of my household growing up. And so my first real introduction into Mexican food and tacos was through my wife and my, my um, in-laws. Well, Matt, I hope someday you'll come around to our end of thinking. Scott actually grew up not eating tacos and he enjoys a good mm -hmm. taco nowadays and yeah. Right, Scott? Yeah, I used to be like Matt. And well, and I would say, I would say since I've been in my uh, in-law circle with my wife and my in-laws, they make Mexican food, tacos, and what have you all the time. I eat it. I enjoy it. I love it. I think it was a... I think it was like a young man's misunderstanding of the food and the culture. All right, so Chris, so yeah, I'll just Chris Cardwell, <laughs> what's your personal taco history? Were you did you grow up a taco eater? Well, Dave, I mean, I've heard a lot of feedback from from many of your guests uh, about this classic Midwestern upbringing in a in a in a traditional Anglo Christian household where tacos meant the old El Paso shell, the dry ground beef with with just a packet of seasoning in it no effort no no divergence shredded cheese out of a bag sour cream iceberg lettuce and boom you were given what was purported to be a a, a vast array of selections from which to draw your own personal taco and then like <laughs> one jar of old um what was the picante pace Hold up pace up. yeah 
New York City. They got you they got great salsa in New York. Yeah, great salsa in New York. So so I mean seriously, the the my taco upbringing was so, so pedestrian. It was just absolutely lame. And it was really only until I came to Kansas City that I started finding out, A, what a real like Hispanic American culture looks like, and then B, what that means for the food and how different everything can be. Where'd you grow up? Uh, out in north central Kansas in Lincoln County. Okay. It's like when I was a kid, I grew up a garbage person. And now, and not like someone who collected garbage, but I mean like just a garbage piece of shit garbage person <laughs> and now i i'm ashamed of that you were one of those Is kids that? with in like urchin urchin dickens dickens no not that bad i just oh. had a bad ad- attitude oh, okay. bad outlook ba mm-hmm. ba like uh ba baracus yeah oh, so he was ba garibaldi you were kind of like ba baracus i was a yeah. lot like you wouldn't fly I, he's in from planes? chicago i'm from chicago <laughs> yeah. uh-huh yeah. Um, I don't like to you fly. You cut down all the trees on your property. I like don't Mr. like trees. Keith. I'll tell you, if you got that? a tree on my, I mean, I actually, I actually asked Chris to help me because he is a landscaper. I asked him to cut down the trees on my property right. as well. Yeah. When, you like were, he, when you he were, he hated them so much that he didn't even want to do it himself. I he, can't. I, he sat on the deck overlooking it with a glass of brandy in his hand. Yelling, while, fuck you, tree. While, while I, I went at them with a chainsaw. You looked up in the clouds and said, what would Mr. T do at this time in his, in his life? And you're like, oh, yeah, this is when he started cutting down all the trees in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I pity the like, chainsaw. I got to do it. Was it a situation when you were old enough to drive that you got a bitchin' black <laughs> van? van? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you painted red racing stripes down the side? Yes. It wasn't my van. It was somebody else's. But I actually did drive a van in high school. That was very similar in kick-assness to B.A. Baracus's van. Sweet. Now, you guys let me swing by the studio here. We are in the belly of the beast. You are recording your new album, Unfathomable Darkness. How's recording going? Is everything uh, going swimmingly? I'd say all of my parts are going well. It's been a struggle. <laughs> my parts are the hard part. All of Chris' parts, is, uh, both Chris's parts are really going well. Matt's doing a Everything great job. Everything else is a mess. Matt's solid. No, I, 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 did I say my parts are going well? I said all yeah. but my parts are no, going well. No, you said oh. your parts are going well. You said well. your parts no, are going well. You said only my parts are going well. All the parts only but mine my parts. are going well. well it's, I just an, it's an age thing with that. I mean, your parts just kind of stop working the same way. Mm-hmm. Like when B.A. Baracus reached a certain <laughs> age. I will say that this record, separate from our last record that we did about three, four years ago, is going to be fantastic compared to the last record that we did. And this one's... So the last record was no good? It was great. It was <laughs> great. Your part, Chris, your parts were great. So well, I think the we last had a record a peasant record? Is that what <laughs> yeah. you're trying to say? <laughs> no, I think we set a bar for ourselves guy. on the last record. We need to be better than the last record, and yeah, I think we're achieving that. That's fair. This one is um, heavy and short. Heavy and short and... Get closer to the mic than the last one. And it's got a lot of um, angst. It's got a lot of joy. It's got a lot of silliness. It's got a lot of. I like uh, your wacky songs. The, like, the wacky uh, songs. The ones that are like, that have a lot of like uh, funny noises in it. Like, 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 wow. And like, uh, yeah. and when you squeeze the rubber ducky, like those funny songs yeah. are the ones I like. The parody this one, songs. This one's got a lot of extra farts in it. This one. 
I mean, there was like a bass line of farts that we put in the last record. This one is like, boom, up there. I like the song Fart Knocker on the last album. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Super Farts. That one's like a 12-minute little sort of meandering jam. (laughs) So what's the story behind the band name, Sun Eaters? How'd you guys come up with that? And I'm going to let you know right now, I got this list off of the internet of what to ask bands in an interview. What's the story behind your name? <laughs> well, the the Sun Eater is, uh, to, in my understanding, as a, as a, the most one of the most recent members added to the group was that it comes from uh, uh, the name of a weapon uh, that was in a uh, comic book. Is that correct? I think that's one of the one of the many many explanations for it. Yeah, my brother in law came up with the name as I described. I came out of the movie. Um, it was a Danny. Boyle, was yeah, Danny, Danny Boyle, Boyle. The director. Uh huh. He did a movie called Sunshine. We uh, we went we came out of that movie, and I was fascinated not necessarily that movie because it wasn't so great, but like with the concept of the sun. And then Michael described some some. I was saying something, and he said, "Oh, you mean a sun sun eater?" And we were going to name the name the next Doctor Doctor record Sun Eaters. And then Michael quit Doctor Doctor, and we moved Sun Eaters to Kansas City, and then it became Sun. That's the mm-hmm. sincere answer to that question. But I think there's a there's a group of kind of shaman type dudes who live in India who claim that they can subsist only on sunshine. They don't eat, they don't drink water. Uh, I think there's been one or two guys who have lasted more than a week on that diet, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're heralded as some sort of godlike creatures. But there is a genuine belief that you don't need you don't need food, you don't need water. You're just Eating sun. Yep, I had a, a a brother of a friend of mine who spent a, a great deal of meditative time at the absolute second uh, that the sun crested above the horizon, staring directly into it, and was living consistently on a diet of of basic you know trail mix essentially, and 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 his meditative process was to make sure that he was barefoot in direct contact with the dirt of the earth or, or the grass or something and staring immediately into the light of the sun as it breached the horizon. And he felt that at that point, he grasped more power than anybody else on earth could have gained from hours and hours and hours of meditation. So, so when exactly did he go blind? <laughs> no, no. Apparently, like up to a certain point, it's safe to stare directly into the but, sun. But you have but to- he's not. He, does, he can't see anymore. <laughs> well, but that apparently must have been unrelated. But the thing oh. is, to a certain point, you say you could look at it, but you have to figure out what that point is. And to get to that point, you need to stare at the sun for a while. So probably by the time that he found that point, he really couldn't see very well. But dude, he was so calm. <laughs> Chris, mm-hmm. you, you plan these Sun Eaters field trips where you take your band on these trips to see bands perform. You've taken them to see Hall & Oates. You've taken them to see Guns N' Roses. Where else have you guys gone to see? Dave Gilmore, Roger Waters, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> Rush. Uh, Dinosaur Jr.? Dinosaur yeah. Jr. Radiohead. Van Halen, Radiohead. Uh, Me Puppets. Me Puppets. A very important, several times Scott and I have seen ACDC. The whole band has seen them once. Um, we, I, I attended the, uh, Guns N' Roses in Van Halen, oh. uh, and Hollow Note shows with you guys. Um, Axl Rose was amazing. The Guns N' Roses show that was amazing. That show was 
phenomenal. Like, we, like, I think the whole drive over to St. Louis, we were debating on how that show would fall apart. Like, we were confident that it would fall we apart. We thought Axel's voice would be awful and it wasn't. Or he would have a tantrum or, you know, all this sort of stuff. They came out inside of 15 minutes. We knew it was going to be a, a phenomenal show and they delivered for like another hour and a half or something like that. Yeah, oddly enough, we listened to the XM radio Guns N' Roses station making fun of every song that came on for the four-hour trip and then we proceeded to be blown away by them uh, live. Previous to going to that show, we had jokingly said that we were going to cover Mr. Brownstone and we spent about two days just just ripping on the song about like, I get up about like six or two or like seven. It depends on how fucked up I am. And we went and we saw them play it and we we're like, yeah, we're not going to play that song. Yeah, you can't make fun of that because they totally delivered. They fucking nailed yeah, it. Yeah, Scott, you had a good bit about uh, Axel, how he... Uh, how he his, takes his, 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 day planner. his day planner in the morning. Get up about seven, go to work about nine, get out of work about 11, get lunch at 11.30. Noon, I go back home, let out my dog, and then go back to work. For your last album, I directed some music videos for you guys. Do you have any fond memories of making those music videos? Yeah. Being oh, covered in blood. D dozens, oh, yeah. dozens, Scott, dozens. you were murdered in one of them. Yep. And you were covered in blood. I was super murdered. You had mm -hmm. uh, tubes shooting blood out of your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Especially when I was driving home late at night. I felt so bad about that one. <laughs> in a I, minivan covered in blood. The blood was not coming off of your skin. <laughs> which which Scott, video was that? Uh, help. Scott and I have been friends for, at the time, <clears throat> 40, 36 years. 49 <laughs> years. 49 or years. 53 years. We had been friends for 36 years, and that was the first time... Well, it, one of the very few times where I really felt sincerely like I had let him down. <laughs> I put him I put him in that minivan covered in blood. He was shivering. It was cold. <laughs> and what I didn't realize is that the blood was not warm, real human blood. It was cold. It wasn't real human blood? Water. You told me that was human was blood. In it. Yeah. And that didn't you go to work the next day I did. looking pink and was, still covered in yeah. the blood? I looked I like a baby so mouse. so bad about that. I think what helped me get through that was that I had just seen The Revenant like three times. <laughs> like within the span of two weeks, I saw The Revenant three times. So it was, it was like, like my inner Leo was that. coming out. Like I could deal with this. I mean, if he can deal with that, if Leo can deal with that, knowing he's a soft ass elitist, me being a peasant actor, I can deal with <laughs> that shit laying on the ground. Because he like was attacked by a bear. Yeah. To do that movie. That's nothing. In the snow. Still a pussy. Mm-hmm. I was covered in fake blood and on the gravel of a drive-in movie theater. I mean, take that, Leo. Well, you know what? I just remembered. We saw Bruce Springsteen. Oh, oh yeah. Remember we, we saw did, Springsteen? Yeah. The boss? Yeah. And we, I think we all sort of, like Guns N' Roses, we all sort of sarcastic. We're like, oh, look at all the sweaty guys with no sleeves. And then Springsteen played for what, like three hours? It did not stop. Sprint Center turned the lights on. Yeah, they wanted to during, kick him out. During his concert. Oh, yeah, I remember right. hearing about that. All right, so before we get started on the taco review, I like to check the taco ticker and see what taco news stories are hitting the streets and get yes. your guys' thoughts on them. You guys want to check the taco ticker? Yes. Take it, take it, take it, take it. Come, come, come. All right, let's do it. Taco ticker story number one. A woman was tased at a Taco Bell in Oklahoma City. Employees of an Oklahoma City Taco Bell called police early Tuesday morning to report a woman who was chasing them around the store with what they thought was a crowbar. 
They said the woman was threatening them and demanding money, and she allegedly destroyed the cash registers with the weapon. She walked around the building, smashing the glass and entrance doors and the drive through window, as well as the drive through menu, causing thousands of dollars in damages. When police officers arrived at the Taco Bell, police body cam video captured the woman standing on the other side of the smashed glass. They told her to drop the weapon several times. A large baseball-sized rock was also seen on the floor next to her. She ignored their repeated demands, opened the shattered glass door, and then yelled out, I come in here and spend hundreds of dollars, but the bleep. The officer didn't give her a chance to finish her sentence, writing in his report that he used his taser because he feared she would again turn back to threaten employees. After being tased, she was cooperative and transported to a local hospital to treat the cuts on her hands from broken glass. Taco Bell employees have dealt with her before in the past, saying she trespassed inside the restaurant and allegedly tried to steal soda. She remains in the Oklahoma County Jail on charges of malicious injury and destruction of property, robbery in the first degree, and robbery with a dangerous weapon. (laughs) Okay, I got three things to say. First of all, she was cooperating after she was tased. That's what that said, right? (laughs) She was cooperative. Second of all, I thought that happened like every weekend at every Taco Bell. Yeah. And third of all, I think Taco Bell should do like the, like a new product, like a Taserito. (laughs) (laughs) Just boom, hit you. Like you, you down something, they just slam you with a taser. And then you become cooperative. Then you're cooperative. (laughs) Yes. Try the new Taserito. Tases you in the mouth. (laughs) It tases you in the mouth. But seriously, doesn't that seem like that's something that would happen all the time at Taco Bell? What's the weirdest, most criminal thing you guys have ever encountered at a Taco Bell at night? Have you guys ever seen anything weird or observed any crimes at a Taco Bell late at night? I'll go reverse. I've been, you know, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning coming home from a gig, going to Taco Bell because it's all you can get to eat and had someone pay for my Taco Bell in front of me, row up to the window and they go, oh, you don't have to pay because that person paid for you in front of you. And I was like, oh, thank you, Taco Bell patron. That doesn't happen <laughs> at Taco Bell. That's a Starbucks thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, Apparently that is a Starbucks thing. Because it happened to me twice is in the, my lifetime. Is there a Taco Bell in Brookside? Does anyone go to Taco Bell at any other time than 2 a.m.? You're talking right. to a taco lover, so I go there at all hours of the day. So, so you don't. I think I'm living in an alternate universe. It appears that I'm living in an alternate universe. You might be living in Burritoville. We're all in Taco the Townville. No, I do not like burritos. I would say that right now. I enjoy tacos. I do not like burritos. You're in the right place. You're in the right place then. So taco ticker story number two. Local Kansas City Mexican restaurant Panzons, which is in Lenexa, which has amazing espinaca cheese dip. It's famous for its espinaca cheese dip. This week, they closed down suddenly with no warning to their customers. I guess customers actually had to be ushered out of the restaurant and it's still shut down. There's a sign on the door. It says, sorry for the inconvenience, but it's a very popular Mexican restaurant. has amazing tacos, amazing espinaca dip, and it's been shut down. And I guess it was because of health violations that they've been warned about. It's a Kansas City uh, Mexican restaurant. It's it's a classic taco joint that I was going to review on the show, and now it's been shut down without warning. So that's uh, sad. I poured a little. I poured a little out for it. Poured a little liquor. Poured a little. You buy a forty. You buy a forty. Went in the parking lot and poured it out. I did. It was a great place. 
What had happened was. Well, I heard on the news that it was because of, you know, violations. They told them they had to fix or else they would be shut down, you know, a month in a month. And I think there was rust on their ice. Rust on their rats. (laughs) Rust on the rats. No, no, no. I, th- I think their chefs were too skinny and they weren't putting out enough effort. They the didn't rat- have the rats sweaty were too enough <laughs> into the tacos. Dirty rat chef. Chris, you, you worked in the restaurant industry. What's it like dealing with the health people? Do they have secret spies that come in and, and check you or do they have to announce when they're coming in to check you for health violations? Or You know, in, in, in our county, uh, which we'll I'll keep it unnamed. I mean, there are four counties in the metro area here, but um, ours is extremely cooperative and, and very helpful. My business experience with our restaurants have been highly professional. We keep a clean uh, kitchen, and uh, that's not always the case. And so when, when there's a problem, you know, it can be anything as simple as something like, yeah, like mold in your ice machine, which, you know, it, like there's, they look in places that nobody would ever look. To find, yeah. pr- to find problems that nobody would ever experience eating there. And then on the other hand, they experience things that are just ghastly. So, so they, they go from like the most mundane and, and like, you know, simple stuff that, that is not a threat to actual public health. And then they go to the fact where like, okay, Scott just got out of a video shoot and he's covered in blood mm-hmm. and he goes to his night job mm-hmm. and he's literally covered in chicken blood mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's like, you know, prepping raw meat. They uh, look down on that. With his bare hands. All right. Well, that does it for the taco ticker. Let's close it up. Jump, jump, jump. <laughs> this is the time on Taco the Town where we pull a topic from the Kansas City Cup and talk about the town of the tacos, Kansas City. It's called Town of the Tacos. You guys want to talk about some Kansas City topics with me? Oh, For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Town of the Taco. Kansas City, oh, the place I love. Mm. All right, Chris, this is the Kansas City Cup. Go ahead and pull a topic out of there. Uh, don't look. Just dig in there deep and pull out a Kansas City topic and let us know what you get. And we'll, we'll discuss it. The Shape of Water. Excellent. The award goes to Downtown Redevelopment and Construction, something I'm pretty um, familiar with. So Downtown Development and Construction. What do you guys think of all the new construction going on downtown? Well, myself personally, Dave, uh, I'm pleased to see it. Uh, I don't think that it serves uh, a large swath of the community. Uh, I think this is definitely kind of a push in the uh, upward mobility of the upward class. Um, It's great to see three to seven very tall luxury condominiums being installed in downtown where there used to be empty buildings. That's cool. But I think that a lot of people aren't going to see any benefits from from all of this uh, redevelopment. Uh, I, I see a lot of good things happening in terms of like infrastructure. Uh, so green infrastructure is going in in downtown. We're doing a lot about stormwater and we're mitigating a lot of problems um, that come from building massive new buildings and a lot of construction debris and and, and stormwater waste and so on. But if the streetcar actually goes more than from like one place where you would go once a year to another place where you would go maybe once a month and maybe like Scott could get from maybe like close to his house to his work Mm -hmm. on a piece of public transit that didn't take an hour and a half. Right. That'd be cool too. I I agree with you uh, talking about the housing situation downtown. Um, I used to live down there years ago when there was nothing 
uh, absolutely nothing. The power and light was a giant hole that collected rainwater. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Jones yeah. store next to where I live was soaked and mold filled and it was disgusting. And after six o'clock, the only people on the street were homeless folks and myself. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't homeless, but it was, it was charming in its own way. Now I go down there and see the power and light and how it's overdeveloped and how it's, you know, a little slick and it's, and it's chock full of chains. And I just, get a little itchy but i agree with you about the you know the the high end housing down there i'm not sure how i feel about that new one light building it's kind of it it kind of ruins the skyline it's almost too big i mean i i like kansas city skyline the way it was and and it's a it's a condo it's a yeah it's yeah. a non peasant condo mm-hmm, and i'm exactly. not a fan of it and check it there's one light that is open and apparently there are enough people to live in it that can afford $2,200 a month for a studio apartment with a window. And there's now two light, which is finishing construction and, and it has a yoga studio open in the, in the ground floor. Oh God. And then there are plans for yoga. a three light. So, so somebody, whoever the light family is, <laughs> you know what? Jared Kushner's family is an investor in the, the companies that put those oh, out. Oh, see, yeah. whoa, mm-hmm. there, you go. there you go. Uh-huh. Somebody's making a lot of money in the redevelopment and and the the housing boom in downtown Kansas City. And I guess Russians that none of those people are in this room right now. I was going to suggest that one way to improve the um, the elitist housing situation downtown is to make um, is to take a Kansas City tried and true tradition of haunted houses and make haunted housing. Mm-hmm. So like make three light a haunted house. That's a great thing. idea. And then that way you don't have to do a lot of construction because uh-huh. it's just, you well, you build like a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> and then you like, well, first you, you let, you raise a, an old building uh-huh. and then you bury a bunch of bodies underneath it. Uh-huh. You, you re you relocate a cemetery underneath it. And then yeah. you build a apartment complex on top of that. Yeah. And what you have is haunted housing. That's yeah. fantastic. Death light. Death light. Yeah. <laughs> I death love light, it. Which That's a great idea. Goes along with the album theme, bringing it back to the Sun Eaters. All right. So, Matt, go ahead and pull a topic from the KC Cup. What do you got there? All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, I've got the KC music scene. Oh, perfect. You guys are in the KC music scene. Uh, what do you think of uh, what we got going on here in Kansas City? Uh, I think Kansas City has been a Obviously, a great music scene since the old days of jazz and everything. But most recently, I know of a great club called the Tank Room that um, recently changed hands and became the Black Dolphin. Um, artists in the Kansas City music scene uh, that I like would be Jessica Page, the Sun News, obviously. I like the uh, Kansas City Symphony. Yes, they're for good. sure. And I good. would also say, piggybacking on that, Knuckleheads as a venue. It's not a it's not a Kansas City band, but as a venue, Knuckleheads is the premier venue to see live music in Kansas City. What's your guys' favorite venue in Kansas City? We'll go around the circle here. Scott, what's your favorite place to see a show? I like the brick. I've always loved the brick. It's grimy, it's comfy, it's close. I saw a great Sun Eaters show at the Brick once. Oh, really? You guys really rocked my world. Apparently, there's a band from Kansas City called Shooting Star. Shooting Star. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
I'm don't they to... don't they sing? This is your last chance. Yes, to yes. Believe in yourself. Yes, keep That's going. It's a 101 the yeah, Fox right song. Yeah, Isn't last it? chance, 1980. Go, keep singing it, Dave. Your last chance. <laughs> Chris, uh, what's your favorite venue in Kansas City? It's tough. Um, before they made some renovations uh, lately, uh, the Midland Theater is is to me one of just the most beautiful venues. Uh, in America, uh, and I've been coast to coast and seen shows all across uh, this country, and and just sit, standing uh, up under the giant Art Deco chandelier up at the what's called the Champagne Bar, even though they don't have any, and they that's don't different. have champagne up there. They have three bottles of beer, and that's it. But you can look down what feels like three stories on the peasants in, in yeah <laughs> into the into the commoners' seats. The dirt, the great unwashed. The Commodore yeah. seats. The <laughs> Commodores. I so want to the, sit there, wherever the Commodore seats are. Well, yeah. So, I be in so that you, section. You, well, Lionel's the only one still living. So Lionel gets, of course, the aisle seat. Is that true? And and you get you then have to go. Well, he's the only one that still matters. He Let's sucked the life. Oh, okay. He, now your story changes. Lionel Richie sucked the life force out of the rest of the Commodores. Like that to, movie, Life to Force. To live longer, yeah. That makes sense. He's like Highlander. There can be only one. I went to a laser light show at the mid <laughs> at the Midland back in like '94, a Led Zeppelin Pink Floyd laser light show, and oh, we saw one of those, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, it I was uh, it was Australian before they Pink made Floyd. renovations. The chairs were all ripped up, and everyone was smoking inside. Oh. And they kept having to announce, "Please put out your smoking devices, or we will not keep the laser light show going." And nobody listened to them, and they kept nice. it going anyway. And it was great. Matt, what's your favorite venue? I would say all-time favorite. I would say what is known as the Riot Room, but for 20-some-odd years was the Hurricane. Mm. I learned how to be a rock star in my own way at the Hurricane. Like um, someone took you under their wing yep, and said, "You gotta yep, wear these pants. You gotta yep, put on mm-hmm. this cape." Exactly. Yeah. No, put I your was bulge uh, right here. When I adjust about, your bulge appropriately. When I was about 17, 18 years old, I got involved with a group of guys that were in their oh. early to mid twenties, and yeah. they were playing the Riot Room or the Hurricane, as it was then, and that's where I learned showmanship. I learned mm-hmm. rock. Rock and roll, you know, jumping off stage, you know, climbing the monitors, blah, blah, blah. No way. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for me, the Hurricane, a.k.a. the Riot Room, will always be like a, a staple in my mind. Like, I I love that place. I grew up there. It was disgusting. It was horrible. It we're, was We were talking about fueled. it earlier. You know, it was coke-fueled? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! You know, you know what? Every I, every time I went to the hurricane, when I'd stand in line, I would say to the hurricane, "Are you going to be a hurricane or a hurricane?" Exactly. <laughs> and every time I played the hurricane, uh-huh. I was a hurricane. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> you uh, hurricane. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so for for me, Kansas City music venues, like that's that's it for me. That's there's and probably that- there's probably better venues, but. In my blood, that's where I came up as a musician. So. And that man who took you under his wing goes by the name of Eddie Money. Mm. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He was a cop. You know a that New York cop. Yeah, he was. Chris, what's your favorite rock rock venue in KC besides so, Sandstone Amphitheater? <laughs> Coincident, coincidentally enough, I went on record on the Kansas City podcast saying the Brick. So Scott oh yeah, I picked the yeah, same right venue. On. Thanks for checking the uh, town of the taco with me. What do you say we get to some of these tacos? So we've got some tacos here from Tequila Harry's. Let's let's uh, put these tacos to the test. I say let's do it. Let's oh, do nice. it. All right, so we've got some Tequila Harry's tacos here. Can you guys describe what we're looking at here? They've got, these are beef tacos. We've got cheese, lettuce. What else are we looking at here? Some tomato. Chives, cheese. Definitely freshly cut. Um, yeah, chives or green onions, scallions, whatever they are. Good, looks like hand-shredded cheese. I'm digging this tortilla uh, already. Uh, it looks like it's a soft tortilla that they've taken the effort to hand-fry, like what would seem to order. It's not that whole prefab, hard-shell where you make a hundred of them before the uh, beginning of your dinner shift. And right, let's say goodbye. Yeah, go ahead. These are very similar to the tacos at Rudy's and uh, Jalapenos. Okay. Mm. Would you guys say these are kind of, have you ever eaten there? Mm-hmm. Jalapenos. Mm, excuse me. I've been to Rudy's Taqueria several times. I'd agree. Now, Chris, you're also doing a tequila shot. No, no, just some sipping tequila. Some sipping tequila with your tequila Harry's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It just seemed appropriate. So a little, little Eradura silver. We we keep it in the fridge here in the studio. Um, because you know, we're rock stars, I guess, or something. And we only can make music if we have, you know, hard liquor. Now, how do you guys feel about chips and salsa? Today is National Chips and Dip Day. Is it really? Yeah. So some taco places give you free chips and salsa. Other places make you pay for the chips and salsa. What's your opinion on on chips and salsa with well, your tacos? Obviously, I love the free. If it's free, I love it. But a lot of times I feel like the free, it's half-assed. You know, the salsa is half-assed. You know, they're just dolling out for free, and they don't really care what it tastes like and stuff. So I think if you're paying for the chips and salsa... You're getting a better um, quality product because you're actually paying for it and they know you are. But outside of that, I would say free chips and salsa any day. I don't care what it tastes like because obviously it's free. Some people get really upset when they find out that chips and salsa are not free. I've found at these suburban taco places like Jalapenos, Gila Harry's, the chips and salsa are usually free. So that's, that's a great plus. We've got Luna Azteca up north here. Chips and salsa are not just free, but like really supported and plentiful. My thing is kind of a double-edged sword because I, I love free chips and salsa. However, typically when I'm going for tacos, I'm really hungry because I've just listened to Taco the Town and I'm just anxious, jonesing for my, for my fix here. So when I get to the restaurant, whichever one it is, I am downing one basket of chips and salsa. And if if the restaurant is eager to refill that and says, hey, all the chips and salsa you want to eat for free, by the time the tacos get there, I'm like, I'm so full of tortilla and tomato that maybe I'm not getting the best experience out of it. So I think that there should be a happy medium. I think every restaurant, no matter what, should offer one basket of chips and salsa for free to keep you busy uh, while you're waiting for the main event. I'll say that we've been waiting for these tacos because we've been doing the podcast and they've been kind of sitting. But biting into this, even after an hour of waiting, super delicious. Super good. 
I'm enjoying it. Yeah, these tacos are great. This is your classic suburban taco. Mm-hmm. Um, the shell, I love the shell. I love it's a little bit greasy. I love that. The ingredients to this are, are amazing. The, the tomatoes fresh, cheese is fresh. Yeah. I like to know that I'm going to have to wash my jeans tomorrow <laughs> because I ate these tacos and I wiped the grease down the side of my jeans. I love that. Hey, you know what? F napkins. You know, that's it's not sustainable. Jeans can be washed. Napkins have to be thrown away. I'm going to say something a little controversial. I think the taco was outstanding. I mean, well worth the wait. Even though, you know, we, they sat here, you know, we ate them lukewarm. They were still fantastic. But if this podcast was called Chips and Salsa of the Town, <laughs> it would not be a good outcome for Tequila Harry's. Oh, uh, what's so you've sampled the chips and salsa. What what happened? You know, my mother always said, if you don't have something good to say, you should say it to everybody you possibly can. <laughs> I'm going on record to say I like this half crispy taco. Well, and I'm I've been a follower of of, of TOTT T three T three T three is is how we how the kids are calling it. Yeah, yep. Been following T three from before the inception. So long, long time now, you know, 20 episodes deep. And um, it seems that I'm in this like minority camp where I am in all the other areas of my life. I'm like super hardcore dude, hard, hard rock, you know, you know, hardliner, environmentalist, left winger, you know. Rollerblader. Yeah, super hard. I rollerblade like super hard. I love rollerblades. Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to tacos… I love I love a really nice soft taco. Oh, so you're a soft taco guy. Yeah. This strikes a balance to where the edges are crispy. Exactly. But the center is soft. So because, I mean, I don't want… If I wanted chips and salsa, I would have chips and salsa. And if, and if I want a taco, I don't want a very large round chip enclosed with the ingredients of a taco. And this strikes this balance to where the edges are just crispy enough to where it's like… Feels like a tortilla chip, but the center is like a soft taco. It's really a, a cool thing, and I can't say that I've had this before, other than at Rudy's. I think just a, just a footnote there. At one point, um, just before Matt joined Sun Eaters, we were a three piece, and it was Chris, Scott, and I. And um, interesting that that Chris would say that he's a left winger because Scott and I both love winger. And so, like, mm, we, I think band. we were kind of, yeah. Kip, we were, Kip mm, Winger. Right. We were kind of like a match made in heaven. Well, see, and that's exactly, and I'm a hardcore winger fan. Exactly. I winger super hard. And, you know, I taco soft. I will say, I think Scott sincerely, I don't think he likes the music of winger, but I think he really likes the idea of a five string bass player <laughs> fronting a band. And well, yeah, we forgot to mention Scott is, had to leave us. He's no longer here. Right. So I'm, Speaking on his behalf, he's an admirer of Winger. So Tequila Harry's, they've been around since 1987. They're one of those suburban taco joints. It was probably one of the first taco places in Overland Park, Kansas, besides, I don't know, Jalapenos. I think Tequila Harry's was actually predated Jalapenos in Mm -hmm. Overland Park. It's one of those places where dads go with, dads with mustaches go to sit at the bar and watch sports and eat tacos. You, you walk in there and it still smells like cigarette smoke, even though you haven't been able to smoke in Johnson County for 15 years. So it's it's a neighborhood Mexican place. 
people love it. There are regulars there. You walk in there and you feel like you are, um, you know, you're you're with family or you're with people that have been going there for for thirty years. So they're very similar to I'd say jalapeno style tacos. Their tacos are very similar. And just to speak to that to that longevity, you don't want a restaurant for I guess they would have had their thirtieth anniversary last year. Yeah, you don't have a restaurant for thirty years if you're not doing pretty much everything right. But Chris, you would say their chips and salsa need some work. I wouldn't say that. That's my. That's sort of the point I was making earlier. Oh, you wouldn't say that. I'm not going to say anything. You're not going to say anything negative about their chips and salsa. Okay. What are some of your other favorite taco places in town? But Chris I'm not going to say anything positive about them either. <laughs> right. I beat myself up so much about this taco situation. I really pound myself about. <laughs> How elitist I am about tacos. Well, so when you and your wife want to go out for some Mexican food. She loves it. Where do, where do you it. guys She's go? She's the one that turned me on. Where do like, you guys go? 54th Street. <laughs> 54th Street Just Grill? a street? Just down on that street? Bar and Grill, 54th oh, Street. And they have grill. tacos on the menu? I that, don't know. Matt, that is not an acceptable answer. We're moving on. Chris, what are some of your favorite taco places in town? Well, I definitely recommend if Matt wants to get, you know, down to the the really core issues about his taco uh, reticence, um, he needs to visit the the boulevard. Southwest um, Boulevard, definitely. Again, I moved to Kansas City in 2008. And before I even moved here, I was living in Lawrence and working off of the boulevard in the Rosedale area. We were doing a uh, restoration on a, on Turkey Creek. And right behind... That, that area is just this, it's essentially the Las Vegas strip of, of Mexican culture and restaurants. And you've got- Sabor Azteca. Sabor, uh, Sabor y Sol. You've got um, uh, po- Ponax. Um, and then as you move up into the actual- Manny's, Margaritas, La Fonda, there, Taquito. Um, my personal favorite- Rico's. Rico's Tacos Lupe. And you've addressed that with some really- really talented people uh, at a previous episode. And I have to say Rico's Tacos Lupe, both for the in, in like the genuine environment. Like this is a no frills taco restaurant. There is not a logo. There is not a marketing department. There's, there's not, not a website. There's not a website. There's not, there's no Facebook page. There's no dedicated janitorial staff. Every- they they have no plates, <laughs> no no silverware, <laughs> no forks and no knives, tacos, no napkins, just tacos, just <laughs> the tacos. But no, and from day to day, like they may or may not make horchata, um, they may or may not have sopas, they may or may not be open. They may exactly. That's what you say. You know, hours are like it, it, the, the, you know. There's that old sign on the antique store that says like hours are like. Monday through Friday, like whenever I get here, if I'm not fishing and the sun ain't shining, then well, I'll get here and I'll then I'll go on a con to work. And then, you know, and if, but if I ain't here during the day when it is sunny and it's rainy and it's, it is like, <laughs> it says that on a sign. It does. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it. It's, just, it's a very big sign. It is. It's it is, a huge it's, sign. It's hours. And it's just like, don't ask me when I'm here. If I'm here, I'll help you. And so, you know, we, we, your, your, your previous guests talked about Rico's Tacos Lupe. And you didn't even get to have those tacos that day because they weren't open. They weren't open. <laughs> All the irony, right? Yeah. However, I'm telling you, again, tying back into that whole cultural thing. Like, I didn't know what a taco was until I got to a place that, like that where you sit down and, and, and it's just this very simple thing. It's a beautiful, basic tortilla, uh, maize. 
and and it's just like and you get all of the very fundamental ingredients. You don't go to Taco Bell and they're like, "Well, do you want uh, do you want pastor? Do you want cabeza? Do you want lengua?" Sometimes they have they have they have tongue tacos. Uh, of course, they've always got classic chicken. No, and- no cilantro at your Taco Bell. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sorry if cilantro is not an ingredient in your taco, it's not a fucking taco. Word. Pardon me. So here on Taco the Town, we do a scale of one to five golden tacos. What would you guys give Tequila Harry's on their tacos? Chris? A 4.5. 4.5? All right. Matt? I would go ahead and do a 3.8. I enjoyed it very much. All right. Chris? And I'll split the difference. I'm, I'm, I'm very much uh, not a five-star award-generating uh, person unless, I mean, seriously, unless it just tickles me in a way that I've never experienced. Yeah, that's that's reserved for the very best. So I, I will give this Tequila Harry's Taco a solid four stars, and that is, for me, uh, an outstanding rating. And nothing, nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah, I would say the taco we had tonight, the tacos we had tonight, I would give it a 4.2. It was delicious, amazing ingredients. The cheese was great, tomatoes, lettuce, a great shell. I enjoyed the taco tonight. I would give uh, Tequila Harry's a 4.2. Out of five golden tacos. Very fulfilling. I would, I would say very fulfilling. We actually have a crowd here tonight. Thanks, guys. <laughs> so we like Tequila Harry's, but there are some people out there that did not oh, like no. Tequila Harry's. What? This section of Taco the Town is called Bad Reviews. Read in a funny voice. Oh, what? Bad reviews on Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. Nice. All right, Matt, let's hear your bad review in a funny voice. Just say the name of the person and what their review is. Shannon says, This place was gross. I had the steak fajitas, which the waitress said was sirloin. Well, needless to say, the meat looked like it was well frozen and it tasted nothing like steak won't return i get a better mexican dish from walmart one star ouch well walmart walmart yeah i I mean again i let's not get into socioeconomics but you don't go to tequila harry's to get steak right you i mean you go there to get tacos I think Tequila Harry's has a delicious chimichanga myself. Chris, you've got the second bad review in a funny voice. Sam J says, well, today we plan to visit several taco spots around town. Seeing how it is, uh, you know, like Taco Tuesday. So Nat and I first stopped at Taco Villa and they were excellent. We then went to this shithole. Although we was quickly greeted, the moment we sat, Nancy, we're just going to call her this, handed us menus. And I promptly asked, do you have any taco specials? You know, because it's like Taco Tuesday, right? Nancy replied, nope, hamburgers. And retreated back to the kitchen. When Nancy came back, she asked what was in our cups that were labeled Taco Via. Wait, they brought their fucking Taco Via cups into another restaurant? Wow, these people really are a-holes. Absolutely. WTF, which stands for something else. Who cares? Question mark. We told her... Because it's Taco Tuesday. Agua. She replied, what? I said, agua. It's Spanish for water. Nancy walked away again and returned with empty cups and said rudely, we have water too. 
after Nat spills her water, trying to pour it into the tequila Harry's cup. We left. This place is garbage. Dear Nancy, why the hell were you so rude? Shouldn't take out your trash on customers. Love, Sam J. One star. Wow. Wow. Wow, Sam J. That was great. Are we going to have like an Oscar award for these readings? That was one of the best readings yeah. of a bad review and a At funny voice I've heard. At the conclusion of the year, I think we need to have like an award go out. Oh, we have to, you have to have an award show. For sure. Wow. So, so they brought their Taco Via cups into Tequila Harry's. Yeah. And also, I'm sorry, but, but if you have the audacity to write a three-paragraph review of a restaurant at which you didn't even eat the food, you're apparently drunk on Taco Tuesday, and which means either like you don't work on Wednesday or you just started early. But that I'm sorry. I like, again, from that service industry perspective, if you didn't eat the food, you didn't experience the restaurant and you felt compelled to leave a one star, three paragraph review, your review is bullshit. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I concur. I like to think of it as tequila Tuesday. That's fair. All right. So to wrap it up, tequila Harry's on the corner of college Boulevard and Quivira road, right across the street from JCCCCC. It's been in Kansas city since 1987. If you're in the area and you're having a hankering for some good tacos, stop on in, but don't bring in your taco via cups. No, it, it apparently will make your experience a one-star experience. You will upset Nancy. It, let's call her that. If you're having a hankering for some good tacos, stop on in. We'll be right back after this break. Lotus Pool Records is a proud sponsor of Taco the Town. Check out the latest music releases by Poster Children, Heidi Lynn Gluck, Sun Eaters, Panel Donor, and many more at lotuspool.com. Celebrating 25 years of music, that's lotuspool.com. Let me ask you a question. We know you like tacos, but do you like the paranormal? Ghost stories? Bigfoot? UFOs? extraterrestrials, cryptids like the Loch Ness Monster, the Dover Demon, and other unexplainable phenomenon? If you do, then you should listen to my new favorite podcast, The Bigfoot Collectors Club, hosted by Bryce Johnson and Michael McMillan. Every episode, Bryce and Michael explore these topics and present stories from paranormal history with guests. I had the pleasure of being a guest on episode seven of The Bigfoot Collectors Club, so look for that episode. We talked about alien implants and abductions. In the time I faked a UFO landing in fifth grade. If you like Bigfoot, collecting, and clubs, then you'll love Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's Bigfoot Collectors Club. You can find it wherever podcasts and chupacabras are found. Now back to the show. And now, it's time to get serious. It's time for Taco Topics. This is called Taco Topics. This is the time on the show where I ask my guests some in-depth taco questions. Matt and Chris Cardwell, you have never been on the show before, so I'm going to have you answer these questions. Are you ready? I'd be happy oh, to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Matt and Chris, what's the one thing you look for in a taco? Tasty bits. Like bako bits? No, just tasty bits. Chris? Whatever it takes to make a tasty taco. I don't know what that is. I'm not a taco expert. But whatever it takes to take a taco. Take it, take it to the top. Yeah. To take it to the limit one more time. One word, Dave. 
cilantro. Really? C- cilantro? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Question two, Chris and Matt. Hard shell or soft shell? You got to choose one. Hard. Matt's a hard. Hard. As I had mentioned earlier, um, I've, you know, I've always gravitated to the soft tortilla, um, but been been really, um, my eyes have been opened by this hybrid, crispy, and wavy edges of a soft shell. And so I, I, I'm opening my mind to harder shells. New shell horizons. Hard. Matt still likes hard, okay. Chris and Matt, hot or mild salsa? Or maybe just a little bit of lime. Ooh, mild, but plus lime. Yeah, exactly. Mild, plus lime. Or yeah. a little bit of medium. Um, my palate just really looks for all the other things. I respect people who love hot salsa. That's that's totally a, an entirely different game. Yeah, I can't do it. Mild, lime, good. And fresh onion. It makes the salsa. Ooh, yeah. Especially on a nice street taco. Exactly. Lots of onion. I love a lot of onion on a street taco. Yep, yep. Question number seven. If you're not eating tacos, what are you eating? Sushi. Chris is a sushi guy. Matt? I'm old school. I have a good wife. She takes care of me. And I think we're eating salmon. (laughs) You're going with salmon on this. Yeah. And that's what you're eating when you're not eating tacos. Exactly. Damn, what a dichotomy. Matt and Chris... In your opinion, is Kansas City a good taco town? Oh, uh, in my opinion, Dave, um, having not lived in any other urban area and having come from a rural area, whereas we talked about, many of your guests have talked about tacos, taco culture, uh, just is, is, it's so consumerized and it's so basic and, and doesn't represent the essence of taco culture throughout the, the country and especially not in Kansas City. To me, Kansas City defined and broaden my horizons of what a taco is and, and what a taco town could be. It, it is to me the first taco town. I did, I do have to say, I did take many trips to Austin, Texas to, to visit a friend there a uh, long time ago, maybe eight years ago. But Austin is a taco town. Yeah, Kansas. we get that a lot. We get uh, Austin, LA, yeah. Albuquerque, Phoenix. Those are the other taco towns people say are but really just, good. Side by side, I would I would love to see them in a taco off Olympics uh, a showdown, a, uh, taco showdown of of epic proportions. I mean, we're talking multiple events, international judges, maybe even some um, athletic events, perhaps a committee, like a a running of the tacos where you have a taco in your hand and you are racing against someone from Austin. And you try not to lose any of the toppings out of the taco. Do you eat the taco while you run? Because that's not a good idea. That could be an option. Okay. Maybe you run with the taco. You wait till you get to the end of the race. Then you try to see who can eat the taco fastest. The last thing you want to do when you finish a race is eat a taco. (laughs) At any rate. Maybe you eat the taco at the beginning of the race, then run. Also, maybe not a good idea. I think that the tacos themselves should run. But to answer your question, no, beyond any shadow of a doubt, Kansas City is a genuine taco town. Matt, how do you, how do you think uh, Kansas City stacks up? I would agree. We do everything very well. I think there's several cities that envy us the way that we do things. We've got a lot going on right now. Kansas City is very much a taco town. 
So this is the speed round. Just first thing that pops into your head. Taco pizza, yay or nay? No way. Yay. Bullshit. Separate your food styles. So Chris is a no taco pizza. You you do not. Fervent detractor. And Matt, you are like, combine them. If I can have the middle school pizza that I had in middle school, yeah, totally. Taco salad, yay or nay? Yay. Yeah, that's that's one place where I get down on a hard shell uh, in a taco environment because it's heavy on the lettuce. You get your crunch in a salad. It's acceptable, yeah. Yeah, I would say yay. We have that at least twice a month in my household. Taco burgers, yay or nay? I've never experienced one. What's I don't know what that burgers? is. I probably burger with taco with ingredients it. smushed into it. I don't. I don't understand. Explain structurally. Um, how does that work? I think they they put like the ground. It's like a sloppy Joe with cheese, tomatoes, lettuce. Mm, I'd eat that in a bun. Yeah, I'd eat that. When you explain it, it sounds good. But you can when dig you dig on that, it, but yeah, I mean, if you served it and you didn't call it a taco burger, I might eat it. But because of my reservations about blending food styles, yeah, taco burger sounds like marketing. A sloppy Joe with lettuce, tomato, and onion on it sounds great. Taco dog. Hot dog taco, yay or nay? Uh, Total bullshit again. I don't like dogs. Yeah, and seriously. I eat dogs. I would totally eat a chili dog. It's like a chili dog, but with tomato, lettuce. It sounds unappealing. Sonic has cornered the market on specialty hot dogs, and none of them are good. I think the taco dog would fit into that category. Mini tacos from 7-Eleven. Yay or nay? I don't trust 7-Eleven. I wouldn't. I also try not to eat from gas stations. Okay. Choco tacos. Yay or nay? Oh, hell yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> if that choco taco was at a 7-Eleven. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the ice cream man comes into my neighborhood and my son is 10. And I don't know who's more excited when the ice cream man comes. I'm like, I'm like, hey, hey, dude. Yeah. And I'm trying to the change jar. I'm like, I'm going to get a yeah. choco taco. Choco tacos get, are the bomb. Get. They're the best. These are the Taco Bell creations. So a taco with a shell made out of a fried chicken breast. Yay or nay? Nay. Surgeon General warning is that tacos wrapped in chicken breasts dipped in fat may be harmful to your health. And I remember when we were on the road, Matt, when we went and saw the Guns N' Roses show, you were not a fan of the Taco Bell breakfast menu. So here we go. Tacos with a shell made out of a fried egg. Yay or nay? No. No. I mean, listen, I can get down with breakfast burritos, but I know we don't talk about those things here. What about a breakfast taco? I think that a breakfast taco, by my definition, would not be what the marketing department of Taco Bell created. I, I, get, I get behind a soft shell, small flauta size taco with breakfast ingredients. So last question in the speed round, which was really fast, but here we go. Tacos served with French fries and nacho cheese, yay or nay? No. If you want, um, if you want French fries, eat a hamburger. Yeah. Like, no. Taco Bell. Why are you owned by seventeen different other restaurants as part of a conglomerate national chain that's trying to monopolize the food system in the United States? Whoa. What? Whoa. Deep. What? Deep. Check it out. Yeah. So also, also French fries made out of chicken. Not cool. Burger chicken King. fries. Burger yes. King. No, I say no. Okay. I say no to all of those things. So last question, your favorite song to listen to in your car when you're on your way to get tacos. 
Tries to get you to expose your taco personality. So I want to know what kind of taco personality you guys are. Well, Matt, I don't think yeah. you fall in any of these, but here we go. Are you a taco purist, a taco adventurist, a taco sentimentalist, or a taco contortionist? Chris Cardwell? I think that, um, again, based on my kind of like no frills lifestyle, the way that I love tacos in their street style, I if I'm if I'm hearing the categories right, I may be a taco purist. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, just because I again I I was introduced to basic Hispanic food culture in Kansas City on the boulevard, and I I feel like that street taco approach is is taco purism. Is that correct? Once you found those those pure authentic tacos, you don't stray. So I would say you are a taco purist. Yeah. yeah. But not completely. I'm I'm open to. Buffalo chicken tacos, if that's a thing. And and I like going other places. So you might be an adventurist, taco adventurist. I would say that in my core, I'm a taco purist, but maybe my like my wild side is this taco adventurist where I'm like, ooh, but certainly not taco dog or whatever. The- oh yeah. So you wouldn't be a contortionist. That's contortionist? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Then definitely. Pure taco purist with a with a little bit of slant of adventurism. What were the options again? Taco purist, taco adventurist, taco sentimentalist, taco contortionist. I think sentimentalist. Like I want to remember yeah, the yeah, 80s. Exactly. I okay. want to remember my my family household all seven of us, you know, fighting over tacos. Like that's the stuff I love. Like I yeah. Sentimentalist. Like I think you're um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Garibaldi. Taco purist. I just like a I mean I I I get that maybe I'm not I don't follow the um the true traditional taco, but in terms of like the taco that I know and love, which is just a hard shell taco with chicken in it and some sour cream, uh, that's what I love. So I, I just stick to that. This is the time on Taco the Town where you guys get to ask me a taco question. This is called Taco to Me. Chris and Matt, do you have a taco question you'd like to ask me? If you were a 15-year-old girl and the star quarterback of the high school team was your super crush, what taco would you make for him in the cafeteria? Probably a, uh, uh, a soft taco, a chicken soft taco uh, with a light uh, mushroom gravy uh, with some lettuce on the side, maybe some radishes, a side salad uh, with uh, maybe some ranch dressing and a, uh, a chocolate milk. Chocolate milk yeah. would be Tommy's favorite. Chris, you have a taco question you'd like to ask me? Well, Dave, I, I, I love your, your breadth of expertise, and I really want to get down to the core of something I've been really worried about, um, which is how do you feel about taco eating contests? Do you feel that volume, Ooh, volume outweighs, not to address specifically the eating contests? Like a hot culture, dog. Yeah, culture. like, you know, yeah. and, and I'm, I, you know, there's all the eating challenges, you know, can you eat the Big Max burger, uh, you know, can, can you, can you eat the stack of pancakes at the breakfast place, so on and so forth. I, I, I dig, I dig this com- competitive eating culture. You How, dig it. You like it. 
I understand it. You understand I'm not it. a competitive eater. Right. I'm a very light either. Yeah. You know, when I go to taco restaurant, I'm like three is cool. Little chips and salsa. on the Want to enjoy your tacos, right? Do you feel that the taco eating challenge culture takes away from genuine assessment of taco quality in Kansas City? Yeah, I think it's just uh, taco eating contests. I mean, I love eating many tacos in one sitting. Oh, I'll, but, eat, I'll eat as many as I physically right can as I can. But I do not. I don't want to be sick. You know, I don't want to upset my stomach. Mm -hmm. I will not overeat, even though sometimes it happens. But I, I look at these videos of people doing these taco eating challenges, and it, it's just uh, they are uh, disrespectful to the tacos. They're disrespectful to the shell, the, the breaking of the shell, the shattering of the shell, the cheese flying everywhere. It, 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 it is a, a hodgepodge, a mishmash of taco discrimination not enjoying your taco i want to sit down and i want to take time to enjoy my taco i don't know if i could ever compete in a taco eating contest i'm sure there are a lot of injuries associated with taco eating contests uh with the, <laughs> There's lots of liability insurance yeah i mean yeah. uh the shell hitting the cheeks and the lips the the stabbing of the shell into the lips and the mouth Ooh, and the good, and the cheek points, and the upper soft palate the so, yeah i have yes. encountered that before eating i i eat chips and salsa a little too fast sometimes so i jam the chip uh underneath my tooth that is the oh, worst that's I, would you ever compete in one i don't know if i could ever do that and disrespect my tacos i think it's a disrespect towards tacos i think uh um uh, it's a waste of tacos. Yeah. And um, I think now knowing my, my taco um, spirit animal, which is the taco purist, I would have to say that I, I personally cannot get behind that. But I would like to maybe ask as a follow-up to that question, if you would maybe con consider having an episode where you would bring in competitive taco eaters to explain. Definitely. Maybe to give a, 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 an in-depth perspective about what is this like? And what do you really know about those 20 tacos that you just ate? I mean, what do you do? Do you is it like the hot dog eating competitions where you dip the taco in the water? Oh god, like, I hope not. Yeah, that, that's that, just a mess. That just breaks it down even And that's even not it, that's not eating a taco in reality. No. That's not reality. It's nonsense. Yeah. Did you really take your time to enjoy each taco, which is what life is about? Taking your time, enjoying the ingredients of each taco. Not just shoving shoving them in your mouth to try to win some prize. Right. Got to take your time, pace yourself, enjoy each taco one at a time. That's 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 profound. Well, that about wraps it up. Do you guys want to plug your album? Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sun Eaters Three is is in in the final phases of production, and we're really looking forward to releasing it. Uh, it's going to come out, of course, on Lotus Pool Records, like everything else does. This uh, Christmas. Yeah, this Christmas. Uh, it's going to be Unfathomable great. darkness just in time for Christmas. That's exactly right. Uh, it, it's going to be phenomenal. We're, we're so excited to be sitting here with you in the studio. and, and, and Hope I didn't disrupt your creative process too much. No, we had a great night of, of, of um, rehearsal and recording, and, and it's been a great process. So, uh, And additionally, we do have a, a show book for the summer. Again, we are kind of like more of a studio project, and we've got a lot of professional obligations. Um, and I also uh, personally have a solo record coming out on Lotus Pool. Oh, yeah, that's so right. Look, look cool. for, look for uh, uh, Chris Cardwell record. Um, it leans a little bit more into that Americana side that I was talking about. So digging into some folk roots of my own. 
solo acoustic, Chris Cardwell. And that should be released um, uh, hopefully by fall. We're, we're kind of in the final phases of that as well. And as always, um, Chris Cardwell on Facebook, the you know the music uh, Facebook thing, and suneaters.com uh, is a great place to find our, our uh, collaborative work. Cool. And then there's also the sun and the sun eaters.com. The sun eaters.com. So your website's the sun eaters, but you are just sun eaters, right? That's correct. So the sun eaters.com and it takes you into all of our videos. And you can go on YouTube and watch all your music videos, correct? Exactly. And, and actually they're all directed by one of Kansas city's most celebrated music video directors. W David Keith. That's me. Right. Wait, that's you. Yeah. I Wait, was you're the- also the Taco the Town guy? Yeah. Hey, oh, that's me. Whoa, my! Well, you didn't say that in the beginning. I know, I know, I know. Oh, the wonder we like you. All right, so Chris Cardwell, Matt Allen, Chris Garibaldi, thanks for eating tacos with me. Thanks it's for having been us. Great, Dave. Thank you. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook at Taco the Town KC or on Twitter at Taco the Town KC. Please rate and review and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. If you'd like to recommend a taco joint for us to review or just to give us a taco tip, please reach out via email by sending a message to Taco the Town Topics at gmail.com. Thanks to Matt Allen, executive producer Chris Garibaldi, and thanks to the band Sun Eaters who let me crash their recording session tonight, and thanks to the band Sun Eaters who wrote all the music you hear here on Taco the Town. Their catalog is available on lotuspool.com. And until next time, go eat some tacos! tacos.